0: All bad things. Tragedies,
1: disasters. That's bad things.
0: Trigger warning for everything
1: possible. What? (laughs) I'm Rachel. I'm David.
0: And this is All Bad Things. I just haven't been preparing lately my hellos.
1: That's okay. <laughs>
0: um, it,
1: it's, it, it's, gotten a, it's gotten a wee bit ridiculous. Uh,
0: yeah, it, it's a bit silly at this point. <laughs> you should
1: just point. start trying them in different languages now. That should be the... Uh...
0: Well, I, I got a suggestion um, just after we recorded last week's episode, which was, you know, New Zealand, <laughs> a New Zealand one. What um, did they say? Uh, Stephen, who, was the, who suggested the topic yes. was like oh you should say hello in um oh i i need to look at the message again but like in, in ki- the di- a in, dialect in a, a dialect yeah and he like showed me how to pronounce it and everything and i was like oh man it's too late I, uh, hello <laughs> hello I, I don't
1: know if that was it, new zealand we'll, we'll have to ask uh, we'll have to ask the guy from uh, amazing exteriors amazing homes what is it isn't that one guy from new zealand
0: the one of the hosts yeah of extraordinary homes yes no, I think they're both British.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Pia's and Caroline.
1: Oh, I thought I thought the one guy was a New Zealander. I
0: don't believe so. They have been to New Zealand quite a bit yes, on they that have. show.
1: Check that show out uh, if yes, you're on if most, you have Netflix.
0: World's Most Extraordinary Homes. I almost
1: said if you're on Netflix. If you're on
0: Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> are you on Netflix?
1: Well, some people are like it's crack.
0: Yeah. <laughs> basically, maybe none. <laughs> hey,
1: yeah, I was going to say we're we're kind of a uh, uh, Towing that yes. line a little bit.
0: <laughs> I think so. It's the number of times I've watched The Office on uh, hmm. Netflix is a little disturbing. <laughs> yes, it is.
1: I wouldn't admit to it. <laughs> um,
0: not much <laughs> housekeeping, I don't think. Keep reaching out to us. You guys are awesome. Rate, review, rescribe.
1: We uh, obviously made it through the hurricane. Oh,
0: yeah. Duh. Without
1: a, without a scratch. Yes. That only goes, that doesn't go for everybody in this state.
0: Well, let's hang on just a yeah. second. Because. That's going to come into play oh, in today's story. Okay. So, um, but uh, real quick, wanted to mention. Apparently, we have a discussion <laughs> group going now. Um, I
1: yeah, the one that you set up. Yeah,
0: I mean, yes, <laughs> I created it, but I didn't know how it worked. And then um, somebody requested to, to join, and so I looked, and like a couple other people had requested a couple months ago or something. I'm like, I'm first of all, I'm sorry. It was not intentional to like. Bogart you guys or whatever um, I just didn't see that and I also don't know what a discussion group is meant to be so
1: I thought Facebook was a discussion yeah, that, that's, group I don't that's understand my thought. Like, so the extra anyway, yeah.
0: anyway, it's out there I uh, guess you obviously, google it <laughs> obviously
1: I'm not the facilitator of these things <laughs>
0: no. um, so look for us I guess we're out there ask to join and I'll try to <laughs> find you if I don't message us or um, email us all bad things Pod at gmail also on twitter insta and obviously facebook um if you have a minute and you want to make us feel better about the shitty reviews we've gotten later uh, gotten recently <laughs> um who cares you can, <laughs> you can leave us a nice review if you feel like it
1: or but you can leave yeah. us a bad review if you feel like it Aww. just saying Mm. I know you. I see. I don't care. Yeah, I've stopped
0: looking. I've officially stopped looking (laughs) as of today. (laughs) Anyway, um, yes. Thank you. Thank
1: you to those of you who have left us positive reviews. It's very nice.
0: It's very helpful.
1: And for the people that haven't, they're not listening. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So carry on.
0: (laughs) So carry on not listening. Um, Yeah, so uh, hurricane. Yes, we. we technically went through the outer bands of Hurricane Florence here in the Triangle area of North Carolina. So we live in Raleigh. Um, the Triangle is Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. We got spared from the worst for sure. Oh, but yeah. there were definitely still some outages. Mm-hmm. And there's actually been a fair amount of flooding in Durham and Chapel Hill. I think yeah, it's just about cleared up now we're recording this. um like five days after Florence, three, four, five days, something like after that. After
1: made landfall, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so, uh, so our power didn't even go out, which nope. is something that almost always happens to us. So that was really nice. It was nothing but a couple cabin fevery days, feverish days, yeah, for us. And we got some painting done, yes, in the living room. So it kind of worked out for us. It did not work out so well for other parts of the state, specifically the coast. Um, and so, and par- major parts of South Carolina as well. Um, lots of people are underwater right now. Yeah. Not not the people there. The the. Well, there
1: are some people. And, well, yeah. yes. Sadly.
0: I keep thinking back to our last episode. I said there are some people alive now who aren't going to be after this uh, after this hurricane in the next couple of days, and uh, it's up to like thirty eight now. I think. Isn't that many? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I thought. I it mean,
1: was, oh, I thought it was like. 13 or Mostly 14 flooding, or something like that. mostly okay. flooding
0: deaths because people get in their cars and oh, shit happens. Oh yeah, and, that's yeah. true. Um, a one was I think a woman and her infant died because of a down tree on their roof, which is pretty. I did shady. hear
1: I did hear about that one. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I mean that's what happens, unfortunately, in a hurricane, and uh, it's yeah, it it's sucks. Dirty. Yep, and so we certainly. Um, Send our best to everybody. Um, it's Still dealing with all that shit right now. Um, sadly, it's going to be nothing but more and more common. I mean, our oceans are rising, and anyone who's at or below sea level, like, including my my beloved hometown, Miami, like,
1: oh it's, yeah, it, that it city, are numbered. <laughs> that city's going to be underwater in the next couple of decades yeah. for sure.
0: So. So there,
1: will have to be uh, there will have to be a, a new city built by cocaine afterwards.
0: <laughs> we built
1: this I uh, city. I'm, I go for Montgomery, Alabama. Oh shit, they'll be underwater too. <laughs> yes. <Sorry. laughs> somewhere, out. somewhere far. How about Omaha, Nebraska? You're due for yeah. you're due for a coke. Uplift. <laughs> face it's, gonna lift. Be a,
0: it's gonna be a while Nose before Omaha's uh, underwater, that's yeah. for sure. That's for sure. Um, we are drinking tonight mm. a limited release by uh, Foothills. Foothills, yes. Yes, out of Winston Salem. Uh, sexual Chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, which has a very problematic artwork, <laughs> but uh, is, it's, the, uh, it's an allusion to, uh, or a reference to Made in America, right? No, not Made in America. Coming the to America? What? Wasn't the movie with Eric LaSalle and Soul Glow yeah, and Eddie coming Murphy to coming to America? <laughs> 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 Whatever. It's an America something. But wasn't the band called Sexual Chocolate?
1: Uh, yes, I think so, yes. So I think that that's what yes. it's a
0: reference to. Um, But yeah, it's a, I think it's a, it tastes like it's bourbon barrel aged, but I guess I didn't look at the bottle. What are you laughing at?
1: <laughs> it's making me think of, because if anybody has seen Coming to America, where Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall both play several characters in the movie. right? So Eddie Murphy's hand character but i'm trying to remember his name oh
0: the lead like, yes the, the lead
1: singer god I, but anyway it People might are yelling it,
0: at the it, podcast right now it
1: might be um it might be the first mic drop in history in oh the, in that I movie a oh yes he oh, does nice. at, the, at the end of nice. at the end of his version of whitney houston's uh
0: i will always love you
1: no i believe the children have a future Teach them well and let them lead the way. That was
0: funny. <laughs> I remember that bit.
1: <laughs> He's like, "Show
0: me how the people says. <laughs>
1: Give them a sense, a pride. <laughs> I can't think what is the name of that song. I don't song? know. I'm, I only, I'm almost to the chorus, but I, I can't I get there. I
0: honestly don't know any Whitney Houston songs other than
1: Randy that Watson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that nice. was
1: his name. <laughs> Randy Watson. So well, <laughs> we've got. <gone off> <laughs>
0: yes.
1: Sorry, show's so already off the rails. That's
0: all right. Um,
1: and this is the first beer we've had too, so we can even, can't even blame can, it on no, being drunk.
0: No, we can't blame it on the a- 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 alcohol. Mm-mm. All right. So, well, we needed that because um, this is a biggie.
1: Oh okay. Oh, uh, you, you did say so, but yes. I, I had I had no guesses. So,
0: so, seeing as what has transpired in our backyard, North and South Carolina, the past week. What type of disaster do you think we're covering?
1: Are we doing Hurricane Katrina? No. Oh.
0: We are doing a hurricane. Okay. But we are doing the deadliest hurricane and the deadliest natural disaster period in United States history.
1: I'm going to feel really dumb for not knowing what this See, is. Yeah, I wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't have necessarily known this either. Um, but we are talking about... The Great Galveston Hurricane of 1900.
1: That's probably why I've never heard yeah, of it. Galveston, California. Texas?
0: Yes. On September 8th, 1900, a hurricane made landfall in Galveston, Texas, killing an estimated... Any guesses? Because we know it was like if three the, for um, 3,000 for Katrina. I was going to
1: say, I know Katrina was definitely Maria a couple thousand. Maria was 3,000. Like 10,000?
0: Six to twelve thousand, yep. Um, and left thousands of others homeless in what remains the deadliest natural disaster in recorded United States history.
1: Wow, yeah, okay, period. I mean, Any type of natural heard. disaster, okay,
0: yep. Um, so shout out first of all to listener Alex who suggested this topic. He, I believe, is from Galveston, and uh, he also suggested the Texas City oil rig oh, explosion. Oh, okay, that? yes. Because mm-hmm. Texas City is also in this area. So,
1: so Alex, you, you've already got two suggestions
0: yes, in. Yes, yes. Oh.
1: So, so we're not going to do a suggestion <laughs> of yours for a long well, time. Well,
0: I do try to mix them <laughs> up. Um We've gotten a lot of really great suggestions, by the way. Keep them coming. I promise we will eventually eventually. cover them. It's just I'm trying to get a good mix. Um, You know, not always doing... We've gotten a lot of U.S. suggestions because we have a lot of U.S. listeners. That's awesome. I'm keeping track of every single one of them. I just don't want it to be too U.S.-centric all the time, you know. So it might take a little bit to get to it. But I promise you I am keeping track. So... Um, so I, I thought it made sense for us to go ahead and cover like the big one, yeah. the big hurricane in, in U.S. I'm gonna history. Guess that,
1: <clears throat> I'm going to guess that a lot of people haven't heard of this. I've, I mean, I
0: well, it's it's an historic disaster, so yeah, not necessarily. Um, I'm also hoping that learning about this storm is going to put some things into perspective because I have to say, I fucking hate the media hype. Uh, that surrounds everything, like...
1: Well, for, it's, uh, everything is 24 hours news now. that's yeah, That's the only uh, reason why. Even
0: WRAL, the local, like, news... One of the local yeah. news... St- what are they, ABC or NBC or CBS? I think it's CBS. CBS. Um, they were on the air, like, 24-7 for, like, three days covering this. <laughs> yeah. And it's like... Um, I, I mean, it's important that people know what's going on, but... Like they they were saying shit like death toll climbs to twelve, and it's like, okay, I think we need to put things in perspective. Here. I think
1: my favorite part of the because let's I mean let's face it, um, the vast majority of the media is just pretty much bullshit at this point. I think my favorite part of this hurricane was the Weather Channel oh. guy. <laughs> Not being able to get his footing quite well, making it look like there were like 100 mile an hour winds. And then there's just a couple of guys that just walk.
0: Just casually, no struggle. And it was just like. That was really funny.
1: You know, I I cannot stand Donald Trump. I cannot stand when he says stuff like fake news and stuff like that, because that's kind of dangerous. But what's even worse is when you go out there and prove it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's I mean, it's not it's not necessarily uh, that that's bullshit, like the guy on the weather channel. But um, it was it, at least the local media. It wasn't it wasn't fake. It was just hype.
1: Well, it's all ratings. Yeah. It's all money. And yeah. so,
0: I mean, and every like every death is bad. I, I feel so sorry for the people's families, you know, but that's the thing. It's like. Let people grieve for their people. We're not talking about a mass casualty event. But they're making it out as though it is. Well you know? it is. It's
1: multiple, I mean if we're up to thirty. It's not it's uh, it's not it's nowhere near what certain hurricanes have been, but that's you know, I mean it's that's not a small thing, but no, at the same time. It's, it's not it's not worthy of three days of twenty-four hour yeah, coverage. Yeah,
0: that's that's the thing. And also like they bandy about the word historic constantly, but then here's the thing. This is an historic hurricane, so
1: I'm going to guess people in this area of Texas know all about this.
0: I would I would certainly think so. So so per usual, we're going to start this story with a little bit about the setting, Galveston, Texas. Which again, we sort of covered this area, this geographical area before. But the city of Galveston is on a barrier island, very imaginatively named Galveston Island. So we've mentioned a couple times. Barrier islands are like um, chains of islands right off the coast of a larger landmass. Mm-hmm. Our Outer Banks are yeah. here in North Carolina are barrier islands, and barrier islands are obviously very susceptible to hurricanes because oh, they're on yeah. coasts. So it, the, the it,
1: Outer Banks have been through quite a few of them.
0: Yes, and they're generally at or maybe even slightly below sea level, you know, so so that makes them very...
1: And land developers are like, hey, let's put homes there. <laughs>
0: yeah, right?
1: <laughs> and one road.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Galveston lies just off the coast of Texas in the Gulf of Mexico. Part It's part of Houston's larger metro area. I was going to
1: say, I was thinking it was outside mm-hmm. of, okay, so yeah. I, I was correct in my mind. Yeah. Uh, I don't know Texas geography very well, but I, I right. was thinking that Galveston was like a... A part of the Houston uh, sprawl, yes, the Houston yes, area. Yes, yeah.
0: um, and again, not to be U.S. centric. For those who may not know, Texas is in the southern central part of the U.S. It borders the Gulf of Mexico and Mexico itself on its west.
1: Another fun so, fact about Texas: it has been or southwest. It has it. been four separate entities.
0: What are the four separate entities?
1: Uh, it has been its own independent nation. Oh. It has been a part the, the of the
0: country of Texas. Yes,
1: huh? um, it has been a part of Mexico. It was a part of the Confederacy and oh. is now a part of the United States.
0: Well, there you go. A quick history of uh, Texas. Yes. Very good.
1: You're welcome, listeners. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the town was incorporated. The town of Galveston was incorporated in 1839 and named after Bernardo de, de Galvez. Imadrid Madrid, Count of Galvez. So Galvez, Galveston. Not you know, Galvez. as
1: cool as uh, Ferdinand von Zeppelin. Or <laughs> Count Ferdinand. <laughs> close, though. Um, very close.
0: Galvez was a leader in the Spanish military in the 18th century and a colonial governor of Spanish Louisiana and Cuba. Galveston very quickly became a popular port town since it was in sure. the Gulf. And a lot of immigrants came through the city, especially from Germany. Um, it was called, like, a second Ellis Island. Oh, it was okay. known for a lot of immigration. And Galveston was also a pretty progressive city within Texas, as far as, like, infra- infrastructure and development go. It had the state's first post office, first insurance company, and first naval base. Uh, the Civil War era was a little rough for the city, as it was on most states, and there was a Battle of Galveston, in 1863, during the war, uh, a yellow fever outbreak in 1867 killed 1,800 people. So it had a okay. little bit of a
1: rough go. That could be its own uh, separate disaster exactly. podcast.
0: During the Reconstruction era, after the Civil War, it continued to lead the state. So it, it kind of rebounded. It had the first telephone lines in Texas, the first opera house, and the first electric light bulbs. So oh, it was kind of a okay. leader. Uh, the city was also, very notably, about 25% former slaves and free men of color. So a, a large population of people of color um, for the time, and civil rights made an unusual amount of headway in Galveston in the latter part of the 19th century, which maybe isn't what you necessarily think of when you think of Texas. Sorry, Texas. But uh, b- but so because of the just large proportionally large population of people of color, they were able to make a lot of headway when it came to civil rights. So
1: There was strength in numbers.
0: Yeah. By the end of the century, the city was a pretty big deal. In in the state and just in the region in general, it had a population of 37,000 and was one of the country's largest ports for cotton because um, its business centers were, were considered the, quote, Wall Street. Of the region, so it was. It was a major trading area too. So it was really an up-and-coming town, a boom town on the way up.
1: Well, if you're a, if you're a port city at this time of human civilization, you're a pretty,
0: you've got an you're, advantage, you're a pretty big advantage. deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and and they did until mm. <laughs> the storm came along. So. We're talking, when I just call this the Great Galveston Hurricane, it's known by multiple names. The the Galveston Hurricane of 1900, the Great Storm of Galveston, the 1900 storm, um, because this was before they named hurricanes. Now we have all these cutesy little names, but back then it was just a storm, you know. So, uh, and this, obviously, this is 1900, it was well before the Weather Channel could have people pretending that (laughs) the winds were higher than they were, um.
1: This is before the concept of a TV ad, well, it was, it was close, it was close to being there. Yeah,
0: turn of the century, yeah. Yeah. Um they it's so yeah they didn't name tropical storms or hurricanes it was bef- well before um, Herbert Saffir and Robert Simpson came up with the Saffir Simpson scale which is what gives us the categories of hurricanes and tropical storms which we are going to get into in a little bit it it's also before a lot of sound meteorology and meteorolo- meteorological technology in general so a lot about what we know about the storm comes from like modeling and reconstruction from first hand accounts so as happens a lot in our older tragedies, you know. Um and we are going to re- cover some <clears throat> just general hurricane stuff too. Some of it might be a little bit of a rehash from Andrew when we did our Andrew episode, but that was a while back and I want to make that sure That was, was a long everything. time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in context. So in the Atlantic Ocean, most hurricanes have their beginnings, their inception off the western coast of Africa around Cape Verde, um, and that's what's thought to have happened with this one too. Uh, They're not sure exactly when it formed, but again, sort of started as a tropical wave off of Western Africa. The first time anyone actually saw this storm was on August 27th, 1900, near the Windward Islands. So we're gonna get into the Windward and Leeward Islands here, but the Windward Islands are the part of the Lesser Antilles Islands in the Caribbean including like the, the more southern and eastern islands like St. Lucia, Grenada, Trinidad, and Tobago. A ship in that area observed what they called, quote, unsettled weather. So even though it was certainly observed, it wasn't really identified as like a tropical storm or a potential tropical storm because unsettled weather could just be like a thunderstorm or whatever and they certainly didn't have the ability to forecast where this weather pattern was headed or how big it was going to get or anything else. I mean they knew there were hurricanes at that point. They had named tropical cycle or like they they there were terms for all this. There was a basic science already for it. It's just that forecasting they didn't have the technology to do much of anything as far as forecasting yeah, goes. Yeah, there
1: there is certainly no radar. Right. Um, there's right. None of that. It's pretty much
0: people are communicating by telegraph the, at this point.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, which was a pretty big deal. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, radar wouldn't really come along until around World, uh, like the late '30s. Yeah. So yeah, there's none of that happening now, or now is I mean, in 1900. In this, yeah, yes. in the
0: context of this story, yeah. Um. In this, I, sometimes I feel like I say in this story, like it's a tale, like it's fiction or something. But that's not what I mean, obviously, in this context. So from there, the storm went up, th- up through the Lesser Antilles into the Leeward Islands. So those are the more um, northern and western islands of the Lesser Antilles in the Caribbean. So that includes Puerto Rico and the U.S. and British Virgin Islands, like Saint Eustatius and Barbuda. And it, was, it went through that area on August 30th, so within a few days. They did measure barometric per- pressure at that point in history, and the readings from the time would indicate the storm was likely a tropical depression at that point. So now we're going to get into Sapphire Simpson and uh, barometric pressure and everything. <laughs> So, uh, so talking about intensity and categorization of storms. So barometric pressure, which is just a measurement of atmospheric pressure, is low in a hurricane, specifically low. Uh, and it's one way they evaluate the intensity of a hurricane. So the lower the, the pressure, the more intense the storm. Hurricanes form and grow in the ocean, obviously, and they're fed by warm water. So the, if, as they're traveling over warm water, that's how they grow. That's how they intensify. And that's why when they hit land, they start disintegrating because it's not feeding them. Um, so as they travel over water, air and moisture from the ocean gets pulled up into the eye of the storm. And that moisture rises really quickly. Then it condenses, cools, and and then releases a ton of heat into the atmosphere before it falls, and the whole cycle starts again, which just fuels the hurricane more and more, um, which lowers the pressure of the atmosphere at the surface of the ocean. So that's why the lower... I I tried to understand this as best as I could. It's it's ever so slightly beyond me, but it kind of makes sense. Sure. (laughs) So for some context, a Category 1 hurricane has barometric pressure... Barometric pressure is um, uh, recorded in millibars. Of uh, So it has a, a category one has barometric pressure of 980 millibars or more. And a category five has barometric pressures at 920 or less. So there's like a 60 millibar variation
1: within. Ratio? The,
0: yeah. Well, v- uh, range.
1: Range. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So these categories—the category one, or Cat one, Cat two, Cat three—I hate, I hate it when people say that—are um, measured by the Sapphire Simpson scale. Uh, so they—they use they use the criteria of sustained wind speeds, barometric pressure, storm surge, and potential damage. With the like the major criterion that gets the most attention being sustained wind speeds, and the sustained part is really important because like even. Like, small land storms can have giant wind gusts, right? Just, like, sure. all of a sudden there's oh, yeah. a huge gust of wind. But we, we
1: experience them from here from time right. to time. Yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely. Um, but sustained winds are way more damaging oh, yeah. than just gusts. So, a tropical depression is the smallest type of storm that gets categorized, and it has sustained winds less than or equal to 38 miles per hour. So, it's a depression. Uh, Then the next step up is a tropical storm, which is 39 to 73 miles per hour, and then it's hurricanes. So category one is 74 to 95 miles per hour. A two is 96 to 110. A category three is 111 to 129. A category four is
1: 130 to
0: 156.
1: Jesus. And
0: a category five is 157 miles per hour or greater. Isn't that what hit...
1: Um, isn't that what Andrew was a category five? I believe
0: it was a four. Was it a
1: four? Okay. Hmm.
0: Have to go back and listen to our own episode yeah. on that.
1: Either way, <laughs> it fucked up a lot of shit.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Because I mean, category four even, is up to one hundred fifty-six miles yeah, now. That's I can't still even nothing imagine to that. Shake a stick no. At. Now with Florence, they thought it was going to hit. Well, initially, it was going to hit as like a category four. It weakened all the way down to a one by mm-hmm. the time it actually hit. So it it could have been way way worse. Yeah. Thankfully, twas not. So now they've also proposed recently adding a category six, like a higher category, because there have been multiple storms recently that have topped 180 miles per hour. And they're you thinking should, that that really? should, yeah, that that should be its own category. So, anyway. All right, back to 1900.
1: Just, just call it a five plus.
0: <laughs> a five plus plus. Yes. <laughs> So on sep- I
1: would not want to fucking be anywhere near one no. of those. Jesus Christ. No,
0: but that's the thing is that they, they think that, obviously, for climate change, one of the um, factors is uh, rising temperatures of water, meaning the ocean, and... Warm water feeds hurricanes, so it's as the temperatures rise in the ocean, it's just going to give way to bigger and bigger hurricanes. So we're more likely to get worse and worse storms.
1: Uh, I watch Fox News, and they constantly tell me that climate change doesn't exist, so (laughs) I I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I am joking. I know you're joking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just other people can't see your face. No. But they know you're joking, too.
1: Uh, but I do have two friends, two close friends that work in that field. and
0: Environmental yes. uh, sustainability and such. And
1: if, if they can tell me that it is a real thing and give me a whole... Just off, out of the... Like, they're having a normal conversation about the science behind it. I'm going to side with them that they know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. Seeing as how they also get paid to uh, investigate. And how That's, they
0: were um, educated in it. Yeah. And, yeah. So... Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm with you on that. So, uh, so August 30th is when it when the storm moved through the Leeward Islands. So on September 1st, the United States Weather Bureau, which is the predecessor to the our modern day National Weather Service,
1: okay, sure, um,
0: observed a quote storm of moderate intensity, not a hurricane. End quote. (laughs) Like that was, they very specifically called out, this is not a hurricane. Um, They observed it southeast of Cuba, and I find it very interesting that they just specifically said, this isn't a hurricane. But anyway, um, from re- Reconstructions, they they agree and think that it was just a tropical storm at that point. But, I mean, come on, that's splitting hairs a little bit. Like, no, this is not a hurricane. Well, okay, what is it? It's a tropical storm. It's not storm of moderate intent. I mean, like, come on. I mean, but maybe they didn't have the term tropical storm at that point anyway, but I don't know. Because the Saffir-Simpson scale wasn't in, in fact. I don't know. <laughs> So on September third, the storm passed over Cuba, dumping about a foot of rain in twenty-four hours in Santiago de Cuba, which is on the southeast coast of the island. It left about five feet of water covering wow. the southernmost parts of the city. Yeah, okay. right yeah.
1: I don't even know how you cleaned up shit like that back. I That's guess you then, just, I guess you just waited till just everything wait, dissipated. Probably and, just
0: waited out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the storm continued and passed through the Florida Straits, which is the part of the ocean between the Keys, the Florida Keys, and Cuba. At this point, it was either still just a tropical storm or, at best, a very weak hurricane, like a low Category 1. A large portion of South Florida, from the Florida Keys to Jupiter, which is just north of West Palm Beach, uh, felt the effects of the storm. And there was a fair amount of damage in West Palm Beach, Uh, so... This I think I, we also said this in Andrew. Miami Dade County is where Miami is. North of that is Broward County, which is Fort Lauderdale. North of that is West Palm Beach. So, and Palm Beach County. So that's that's sort of the north to south in South Florida on the East Coast. Um. So at this point, the storm began moving through the Gulf of Mexico, and this was a big problem. So remember, I said that hurricanes feed off of warm water. Oh yeah. Well, the Gulf of Mexico at this point had received, had experienced many, many days of very sunny, very hot weather.
1: Well, plus, we're talking about at the end of August, yep. so mm-hmm. that's when it's going to be... The warm, yeah. it. it's like
0: the, the death knell of summer, yeah. it's really, yeah. yeah. Um, like, like,
1: like where I grew up, at the end of August, the water temperature sometimes got to 70 degrees. And it felt like right? a, it felt like a freaking bath.
0: Well, see, that's what people said. They, they they said that the Gulf was feeling as warm as bathwater. Oh, this yeah, point. I'm sure. So it was very. I'm warm joking waters. about
1: where I grew right? up, but it felt like that to us. Right. The, the first time I ever experienced mm-hmm. being in the ocean where it really did feel like bathwater mm-hmm. was uh, when I was in Charleston uh, for Fourth of July. This is in 1997. Oh, wow. I'd never been in That's
0: the- still Charleston. Geez. I'd never
1: been in the ocean that late in the year. I'd, I'd only been in the ocean like in the springtime when it's still kind of chilly. But I remember going in there and being like, like this is like warm water. Right. Like it's, it's not even cooling me off.
0: What did you think when we went to, when we were at uh, Hollywood Beach or at, no, it was the W, Fort, Fort Lauderdale. I mean, that was November.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, it was it still... It off a little bit, but yeah, it was perfectly... Yeah, I mean, fine. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, I...
0: Very different from San Diego, right?
1: Yeah, the Pacific Ocean, <laughs> I guess, is just... Just cool. They said it's always kind of cool. Yeah. But uh, the Pacific yeah. Ocean felt closer to how I grew up. Mm-hmm. But Even no, in Southern but, California. But no, I remember going into the ocean in Charleston and being like, cause just because to me, you go in the water because it's too hot out to mm-hmm. cool off. And that wasn't I didn't happening. I feel like you were cooling off <laughs> no, at all. Yeah. I felt like it was getting uh-huh. warmer.
0: Yep. So because of this warm bath water, basically, this, this storm had some time and lots of fuel to become very big and very strong. Now, at this point in time, and I found this very interesting, Cuba had one of the most advanced meteorological centers in the world. The Belen Conserv- Observatory in Havana. That
1: so, doesn't shock me.
0: No, it doesn't shock me. I just found it interesting. Yeah. Well, I was oh, like, oh, oh okay. Oh, well, sure. yeah. Because it could be anywhere in the world. Yeah. It was in Cuba. Okay. Uh, so, meteorologists in Cuba tried to warn the U.S. Weather Bureau about the storm. Um, but the director of. And, and the they Bureau, tried to do
1: that by uh, carrier pigeon.
0: It was Telegraph. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not too far removed from carrier pigeon days. But. The director of the Weather Bureau, Willis Moore, was blocking telegraphs from Cuba at the time because they were still pissy over the Spanish-American War, which had happened two years before.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So they were like, fuck you. We're not going to be listening to you and what you have to say, even though if you Fuck have-
1: you and your hurricane. I mean, <laughs> r- I mean, r- Paul, I mean, really-
0: oh Fuck you and your hurricane.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. But honest <laughs> to God, like, if you listen to politicians speak, and uh, even today, uh, like, I don't know if anybody out there ever read, like, the Podesta email dump that happened Ow. during Hillary, Hillary Clinton's campaign. It's hysterical to read some of those emails mm-hmm. because the people come across as a fucking lunchroom in seventh grade. Oh,
0: like gossiping. Nobody
1: likes her. (laughs) I swear to God, like, that's how they speak to each other in email. And it's just like, these are the fucking people that are in charge of shit? Like, are you kidding me?
0: Well, I mean, we all like to think that we grow up, but (sighs) somewhere in there the sixth grader in us is still there, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and they tend to be the people that run the world, which is really sad. Yeah, that
0: is very sad. So... So the, the Cuban forecasters, because they were good at what they did, they knew this storm was headed west. They knew it was headed west across the Gulf, but because of this whole moratorium on like not listening to these experts, they couldn't communicate that to the Weather Bureau. The Weather Bureau just wasn't listening. So the Weather Bureau was flying blind, basically, and they thought the storm, for reasons unknown, was going to head out east, up along the coast of the the eastern coast of the country, and to the mid Atlantic, like to the point where this was on official reports. They're like, "Oh no, this shit's going east. No Not coming anywhere near us." Well, I mean, they well, it was because they were saying it was coming towards the mid Atlantic, and the Weather Bureau's oh, national well, headquarters okay. was in D.C. Sure. So, but it would be traveling over land, probably yeah. weakening, whatever. Uh, now. Nowadays, we have all this knowledge of, like, fronts and pressure systems and all that. But back then, there was only so much they could do to forecast this.
1: And back, As, back then, they just released a hawk. And then, like, if it went to the left or the right, that, that's that's how they judged wind but, speed.
0: No, they, they licked their finger <laughs> and, like, put it out to the atmosphere <laughs> like you see in old movies and everything. Um, like, oh, he's,
1: he's suddenly, he suddenly went to the right. It's, it's coming in that way. <laughs>
0: But uh, but they were ignoring the world's best meteorologists who were properly forecasting this storm. So close, in fact, that the um, one Cuban meteorologist thought it was going to land um, like near San Antonio, which well, is only sense. slightly yeah. southwest say, of yeah. Galveston. So they were pretty much spot on. Um, So they thought it was going to head out east, but they didn't know that there was a high-pressure system that was going to push it into the Gulf Coast, which the Cuban meteorologists did know. So by September 6th, the storm had passed north of Key West, and a ship from New Orleans, very aptly named the Louisiana... Came across the hurricane, and those who witnessed it on the ship estimated that the winds were about a hundred miles per hour. Holy shit! So that would make it a modern day Category Two. Okay, okay.
1: I was yeah, just we're still the, talking low. I was, I was th- okay, I was thinking that was the no. Three. Remember,
0: they're talking about hundred eighty miles an hour being Category quote Category Six or whatever. So that would yeah. be a five it gets plus. Worse. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna lobby for that. (laughs)
0: There you go. Hashtag five plus. Hashtag
1: five plus. I hope I hope another one never ever fucking happens, but
0: oh many more are gonna happen. Let's face it, it will. Mm -hmm. So by the next day, September 7th, the coastal areas of Louisiana and Mississippi were taking heavy damage from the storm, as reported by the Weather Bureau office in New Orleans. Unfortunately, the storm downed many of the telegraph lines, so they couldn't.
1: I was just gonna say, what, even if they were sending telegraphs and stuff, they the probably wouldn't have down. gotten through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. So they they really couldn't specifically like send what was going on and, and all the warnings and everything.
1: If if any of our younger listeners are curious what a telegraph is, it is essentially, um, it essentially became the internet. How it was, how the the coded language and stuff works. It was. Uh, was
0: it Morse code? No. It was
1: a little bit of that. Yes. Was it? Yes. But it's it's essentially it's sending communication over a wire. Yes.
0: Precursor to telephones.
1: Yes. So, well, American telephone and telegraph, otherwise known a- as AT and T. Yes. Um, but,
0: but I guess I didn't look into that. I'm not sure. I understand how telegraphs worked. Like what? Because I know I know that old telegraphs. It was like. Such and such and such and such. Stop. Such and such and such and such. Stop. Like, they had to stop it at the end of sentences or whatever. But I just don't...
1: Oh, it was a I huge look bit of techno I mean, it, it came... Um, that technology really gained momentum during the Civil War.
0: Okay. But how did they... So it was I more... Don't, sp- I okay. don't we need fully to understand that. how it yeah. works,
1: but I... Yes. It, yeah. it is... It is it's a bit coded? of Morse code, yes. It's, because it's, they,
0: they weren't talking, so it couldn't no, be words. it's coming over
1: wires. It's taps
0: okay. that are coming okay. over
1: wires um, and translated. I believe it's based in Morse code, but as far as how the technology worked, it's really like the earliest form of the internet, right? I mean, yeah, it really is.
0: Yeah, but it had to be fully wired.
1: Yes, and in the, well, during, back
0: in the early days, the internet yeah. did too. So. Yes,
1: and during the Civil War, um, Confederates because <clears throat> they didn't they had the the Confederate States of America had very few telegraph lines. Hmm. It was mostly controlled by the Union. Yes, and whenever they would come across, and they would just cut the lines. So.
0: Oh well, I guess that yeah. that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, where am I? Sorry.
1: Mm-mm. Sorry about my. Oh, uh, it's okay. The sexual chocolate lawnmower. is
0: kicking in too. Oh. I think at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds very
1: suggestive,
0: yes, but it's it just does. a beer. <laughs> I, I,
1: I like it when you're suggestive. So <laughs> stop that. <laughs>
0: So, New Orleans, uh, yes, Louisiana, Mississippi taking on damage. Um, so, at this point, the National Weather Bureau office called for storm warnings from Pensacola to Galveston. So, that's a long. It's pretty yeah. much the whole central part of the Gulf, yeah. Gulf Coast. Pensacola's in the panhandle of Florida all the way down to Galveston. So, there, there were warnings. Um, it's just, again, there was a lot of guesswork. Like, that's a huge swath and they didn't know where it was going to make landfall, and they didn't know the intensity and all that. Yeah,
1: they could have gotten rid of all the guesswork if they had just listened to the Cubans, but fuck those people.
0: Oh, goodness. (laughs) All right. Those
1: fucking Cubans.
0: (laughs) Hey, I grew up around those fucking Cubans. They're good people. The storm continued to churn in the Gulf of Mexico and continued to intensify as a result. On September 7th, it became a Category 3... And within twelve hours became a category
1: four. So this shit. thing just, was just, just doing its thing. Barreling through. Yes.
0: The estimated maximum sustained winds reached were at 145 miles per hour, holy fuck. Which makes it a fairly intense category four. Not quite a category five.
1: And think of infrastructure at this time. Oh god. There is no steel. No. There's no steel.
0: It's all Ste- wood. Steel
1: steel is going to happen like in this decade, right. but not not yet. And there's, I'm sure there is very little understanding.
0: Oh, of, I have a picture to show you, Galveston. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, God. So...
1: I mean, I think, like, that hits a modern city today. Shit gets completely oh, yeah. fucked up. Oh, yeah. I mean...
0: Yeah, still. Less so usually with the, the damage to, like, foundations and stuff... More, like, limbs falling right. and thing and flooding and stuff like that. Back in the day, it just buildings were leveled because oh, yeah. there was nothing yeah. in the way of foundations that are, like... I was reading, you know, in South Florida, every new construction has to be able to withstand a Category 5
1: wind. That's the way it fucking should be. Yeah. You're well, in South I'm, Florida. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Rick Scott probably tried to get around. Good
0: fucking Scott Probably tried
1: to get around that, but
0: fucking dickheads. Anyway, Scott. anyway um, this will not become the politics. <laughs> <laughs> Much as we try, this will not become the
1: building code podcast.
0: <laughs> well, actually, that that's understandable. Yeah, yeah. So contrary to the way media tends to skew today, which we have discussed with nonstop coverage and catastrophizing of everything, the Weather Bureau back in this time went quite far in the opposite direction. Specifically, they discouraged the use of the words hurricane or tornado to try to not make people panic, though one might argue you're also not giving people the real lowdown on what's going down.
1: I would make that argument. Yes,
0: me too. There's, there's something to be said. Yes, absol- absolutely don't catastrophize, but inform. For sure, yeah. inform.
1: <laughs> it's not like if you were in Omaha, Nebraska, <laughs> and somebody said there's a hurricane. That would probably make you panic, because you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, a hurricane never... Well, in 200
0: here. years when <coughs> the United States has literally been reduced because of ocean levels rising to the state of Nebraska and Kansas.
1: God, what a sad day that'll be.
0: Uh, we won't be here for it. It's okay.
1: We might be. I mean, I'll, you know, I believe in reincarnation. I'll come back as a cat.
0: <laughs> I'll come back as a cat. <laughs> yes. Well, then you'll have a very short lifespan. I will.
1: But that'll be okay.
0: I would be okay coming back as one of our cats. Those fuckers are
1: spoiled. Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: Have they have a fucking condo? They have a fortress. They have an eighty-seven-inch tall kitty condo we bought for them so that they won't scratch her. So they
1: won't fuck up her furniture.
0: <laughs> I swear. Okay. Then on um, the this afternoon, this will not become the
1: kitty condo <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the
0: Kitty condo podcast.
1: There probably is one too.
0: You know. Um. So. Oh, quick sidebar. We're going to see Again. My Favorite Murder t- live tomorrow night at Deepak, which I'm very excited about. By the time you guys are hearing this, we've already seen it. But um, their, their uh, producer, Stephen, who I told you, if they say mm-hmm. Stephen, we have to go, Stephen! Um,
1: well, you'll do that.
0: Well, okay. Uh, he has his own podcast. He's a big fan of cats. It's called The Percast. <laughs> he interviews people with cats. <laughs> Maybe we'll get on it one day.
1: Yeah, the we should. We, we can show them our kitty condo.
0: Oh, yeah. And our <laughs> kitties. All right. So, on the afternoon of September 7th, the Weather Bureau office in Galveston officially placed a hurricane warning into effect.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of happens when uh, 100 mile an hour winds are like.
0: Picking up. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, right on top of no, you. No, this is.
0: Remember, it, it hit maximum sustained winds of 145. So, we're yeah. talking. This is a big one. So. On September eighth, the storm started heading, 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 heading right for Galveston. Sorry, this is a strong beer. Have another drink. (laughs) I'm not even halfway through. All right, it weakened a little bit, a little bit, much like um, Florence did. Although Florence weakened a lot, we were very lucky on that. It just weakened a little bit, but it was still definitely a major hurricane. By that afternoon, September eight, the people observed on the on Galveston Island what one survivor called quote a great gray wall about fifty feet high, oh, moving shit. slowly toward the island. That would be frightening. Fuck that. By that evening, September 8th, hurricane force winds were being observed in the town. Then on September 8th, around 8 p.m. local time, sometimes this is called, the the hurricane is said to have hit September 9th because it was, um, that's UTC time, universal time or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it was late, later in the evening on the 8th local time, but, you know, 9th technically, dateline, whatever. Um The hurricane hit Galveston County with sustained winds of 140 miles per hour and an estimated barometric pressure of 936 millibars, making it a solid Category 4 hurricane. So... I'm gonna go through the rest of the track of the hurricane. This 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 fucker's not over yet. This fucker's not done. Um, and then we're gonna get back to Galveston shortly okay. after. So, okay. after making landfall in Galveston, the hurricane immediately weakened. <clears throat> Happens because it runs. It's not on water anymore. It's on land. Break starts breaking up, um, and it, the storm da- was downgraded very quickly to a category two, just within a few hours, and then to a one later in the day. And by that evening, on the 9th, it went down to a tropical depression, so very quickly downgraded. But it kept going. The tropical depression moved over Kansas on September 10th. So speaking really? of Omaha, yeah. Oh shit, was not cl- a hurricane. It's getting closer. Not a hurricane, but... Um, and it wasn't done. The storm continued over Iowa on September 11th. What? gained some speed as it headed northeast. It eventually reorganized into a Category 1 and passed over Ontario, Canada on September what? 13th. It crossed fuck? It crossed Newfoundland, and the last anyone saw of it, its remnants were near Iceland on September 15th. So this fucker kept going.
1: I don't even understand how that happens. I
0: don't know either. I mean, it, it must have gotten some something from the Great Lakes... It yeah, but had the Great water, Lake, but it
1: had to go through the entire Midwest before that. I guess and there's it just no...
0: had enough momentum to keep going.
1: Jesus Christ! I mean, yes, I can see it picking up momentum a little bit from the Great. Because if I know, I've said this before. They're pseudo
0: little oceans, exactly.
1: Yeah. If if nobody has seen the Great Lakes, the first time you see one, you will understand why well, it's called a Great Lake. Yeah, it, looks, it, it does look like the ocean. It's
0: like the the you um, see a horizon. The horizon, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: <sighs> All Holy right, shit. So, and Lake Ontario is the smallest of the Great Lakes, yeah. by the way.
0: Superior is the biggest, right?
1: Yes, it is. Hence, Hence the, the name. John. <laughs> <Chat>. Jinx
0: John. <chat. laughs> all right, so now we're going to get into like the after or the the impact and the rescue efforts. Damn,
1: I can't believe this fucking thing went all the way. That's crazy.
0: This is a superstorm for the time. I mean, shit gets worse now.
1: I've never heard of anything like that, that happening in going. modern times. Hell the no. The track
0: was very unique. Yeah. Um, it must have just had the right pressure systems moving through. Like, I fucking know what I'm talking about, but anyway.
1: All right. <laughs> Live from the Weather Channel, Jim Cantori. Rachel <laughs> Cantori. Rachel Cantore. Hey, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So warnings about storms clearly are not what they are now. There wasn't the media presence or the knowledge about the weather we have now. So a lot of people thought in Galveston that this was more or less a normal day when the hurricane hit. Combined with the fact, now they did have a warning, of course, but still. Combined with the fact that the weather bureau in Galveston figured the storm wouldn't be Anything new or horrible, they were like, well, we've seen hurricanes before. I mean, it's a coastal barrier island. Like, they've seen this shit before. Sure. So they figured it wasn't going to be all that big of a deal. There was strikingly little alarm raised. And most people stayed on Galveston Island. Whereas, for example, for Florence, they evacuated large amounts of like Wilmington and coastal cities. Yeah, two days early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well ahead of the storm, they shut down uh, eastbound lanes mm-hmm. to make them everything westbound, so that people could leave. Yeah. You know. So most people stayed on the island and did not evacuate into the mainland. The highest point in Galveston, the highest point was only 8.7 feet, or (gasps) 2.7 meters, above sea level. My God. The storm surge was over 15 feet. So, I mean, the math is easy to do here. Over 3,600 houses in Galveston were destroyed, which... What does that look like to you? Oh, my God. Kindling? It
1: looks like a junk pile of wood.
0: That's Galveston in yep. 1900.
1: That was Galveston. That's that's all it looks like. Those are the telegraph. Oh, the, the telegraph
0: line, poles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's everything Jesus was just made of wood, Christ. so it just got leveled. It just looks like a giant, very disorganized lumberyard. Basically, it's just oh, Demetrius agrees, or was that Jesse? That was I think Jesse. That was Jesse.
1: Yeah. What the fuck.
0: Isn't that awful? I mean all and the pictures are, look like that shit.
1: And they're they this one in the background is still standing a little there bit were and whatever some, and whatever this is over here.
0: There were absolutely some <laughs> structures that stood as is the case with any hurricane. It's super random.
1: How the fuck do you clean this up? Well, we'll get to it, that yeah. in a bit,
0: Holy but yeah. Christ. So obviously infrastructure building codes aren't what they are today. They're even a thing, period.
1: So yeah. So how Just would everything you, got leveled basically? Um, for our listeners who obviously can't see what we were just looking mm-hmm. at, I guess Google Galveston 1900 yep. hurricane. that You've, yep. the, you've mm-hmm. got it. I'm sure that's probably one of the first it photos It mostly comes just up. looks
0: like a shit ton of wood Jesus covering Christ. every bit of ground. There's a, a picture that popped up quite a bit of a house, like a full-blown house, that was just like crooked. Lifted just, up yeah. on one end and tilted. It was very bizarre. Wow. And some people's houses like did stand. Uh, it, that happens in hurricanes though. It does. Like yeah. it'll it'll hit some shit and it won't hit other yeah. shit. It's because it's not just like a wall. It's it's a you know, it's a cyclone. So it depends well, I mean, on where it goes. Say, and where same, bands go same thing in and, a tornado. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, the storm wiped out bridges from the island to the mainland, took out the telegraph lines and everything. So, people left on the island were basically shit out of luck. Oh, yeah,
1: they are fucked.
0: Initially. So, yeah. On the morning of September 9th, so just after the storm passed through, six people from Galveston were able to sail from Galveston to Texas City, where we talked oh, about okay, oil rig explosion, um, in a ship called the Farabe. Farabe, something like that. Farabee maybe, and had managed, so so the, the ship had managed to weather the storm because a bunch of the ships were just totaled, you know. Um, they went to Houston from there, from Texas City, and they were able to telegraph the governor of Texas and the president, William McKinley, early in the morning on September 10th, reporting the death toll. Okay, at this point, they were estimating the death toll was 500 people. Oh, man. And at the time, people were like, no fucking way it was that many. Whoa, they thought it yeah. was overestimated. Well, I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, not was this only a not an overestimation. This was a gross underestimation. Because of the lack of evacuation, the lack of the infrastructure, the poor warning system, this hurricane sure a lot ended of people up being... Died afterward ended up being the deadliest natural disaster in U.S. history, a record that stands to this day. Never mind Katrina, never mind Maria, none of that shit. Obviously, it's difficult to calculate an exact death toll, as it always is with mass mass casualties. casualties. That's not a funny thing to say, unless you say it with a weird accent. Especially those that occurred over 100 years ago. But The best estimates are 6,000 to 12,000. People died, with most estimates and official reports landing around eight thousand, or about twenty percent of the entire population of Galveston. I.
1: Well, you could have survived the initial hurricane and just been trapped under piles of wood for days, and we're still
0: talking yeah. about this. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So to put this in perspective, more people died in this one hurricane than the combined total casualties of. All tropical storms and hurricanes in the United States since then.
1: Yeah, I can see so that. So, if you add yeah. up
0: Katrina, Maria, Mitch, yeah. everything, it still doesn't equal the, the number of casualties. In well, I mean uh, Galveston.
1: Obviously, uh, weather patterns. We have satellites now. All kinds. So, sure. so we, we can mitigate we death. can see things coming. Yes. Like, the only thing that's still somewhat kind of problematic, and they've figured that out to an extent, is a tornado.
0: Yeah, well, I yes. I mean, uh-huh.
1: now, now there's, I mean, even 20 years ago, they didn't have the technology that we have today to see when a tornado might hit.
0: Well, and even then, there's kind of little you can do about yeah, it. Yeah, but tricky. now,
1: but it's all about giving people enough time. Yes. Like, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you had, like, five minutes. Right. Now you've got, like,
0: 20? 10, 15, 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes,
1: something like that. Uh-huh. But so, so, So a disaster like this... Almost couldn't happen today. Not, not, not in the United States.
0: Not for the reasons it did, yeah. for sure. They yeah. would have evacuated. Yeah, yeah, there would have been far fewer casualties if it was today. The the intensity of the storm clearly could still oh, happen. Oh, yes. But yeah, the death toll is a different matter. Now, what do you think that... So this is the worst hurricane. What do you think the second worst in U.S. history is?
1: Is it Katrina? Nope.
0: Give you a hint, it happened last year.
1: Oh, um, I, man, I... There not like Irma. Th- there were, like, three that hit three last that were. year. Was it Maria? It was Maria. Yeah.
0: Because despite...
1: Is that the one that hit Puerto Rico? Yes. Okay.
0: Because Puerto Rico's part of the United States. It's not a state, yeah, so but it is our territory. territory. And despite what any fuck wad of a sorry excuse of a human being and world leader might say, over 3,000 people died in Hurricane Maria.
1: And the majority of those were way after... After the initial, C-
0: because of that, well, but that's still related, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, fuck you, fuck face. That's not to you.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> you know who I was talking about, but I'm trying not to get
1: too political. So,
0: initial rescue efforts in she, Galveston. She has, a,
1: she has a pint of sexual chocolate in. Pete. I'm not,
0: not quite. Look,
1: oh, you still have more left. I still okay. have a fair amount. I'm, of am I'm, more I'm almost done with mine. What is yeah. this? What is the?
0: ABV? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> we'll
1: I know have to it's look at the good. bottle. It's.
0: <laughs> It's I, if, I think it's like 10 Ten, something. i think it's up there so initial rescue efforts were so close we're like a only page left initial rescue efforts for galveston came from houston and people set out to galveston by train and ship immediately so like they were like fuck we gotta get on this shit Then they found the city more or less just like this picture, completely destroyed. Jesus Christ. Some people survived the initial storm, but yes, died waiting to be rescued. Mm. And what surely left a whole bunch of people with major PTSD, some of the rescuers could hear people screaming from the debris as they did their best to rescue as many people as they could. Obviously, couldn't get to everyone, but a total of about 30,000 people were left displaced or homeless. Yeah. At the time, there was about zero chance of being able to properly bury the victims. Um, In an uncomfortable twist, martial law had been declared, and locals, many of whom were people of color, were forced by authorities at bayonet point to gather up the dead, take them out to shore, and just shove them out to sea, basically. Um, Unfortunately... The water brought the bodies back. in. I was in. just
1: gonna say, what does that solve? That that's so they ended stupid. up
0: so they ended up burning most of the dead in a massive funeral pyre. Massive funeral pyres. So. Pyre. Pyres. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Pyres. Pyres.
1: I mean, that's uh, yeah, awful. Well, I mean, honest it's to God, what else? Practical what, what, but what awful. Else are you gonna yes. Do? Yes. Yeah.
0: So, now, here, there was damage in other locations, too. So, remember, this storm kept going after it hit Galveston crossed the Midwest into Canada. It dumped a whole lot of rain across the country, and by the time... So, this, this storm hit New York City. Uh, there were winds of 65 miles an hour observed in New York City, and bizarrely and awfully, um, there was one casualty in New York City. A 23-year-old man got his skull crushed from a... a um, What was it? A pole. A sign pole broke in the wind and crushed his skull. Isn't that Uh, awful?
1: Yeah.
0: When the storm moved into Canada, it caused extreme property damage, killed quite a few people, mostly in shipwrecks off Newfoundland and Prince Edward Island. The death toll estimates in Canada vary quite a bit, but are thought to be somewhere between 52 and 232. Making it the eighth deadliest hurricane in Canadian history. I was going to
1: say because that's just something that they're never expecting for the most part.
0: Not much. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, they're on the they, they are parts on, a, on the coast, yes. so it's possible. But, but they the water are, gets cold I was going to say
1: they're they're close to the frickin... <laughs> the
0: storms tend to downgrade yeah. by the time they hit Canada. They're,
1: they're close to the Arctic Circle up there, so yeah. you know there's there's not much warm water off of Prince Edward no. Island and fucking Newfoundland. No one thinks so. Or Ontario, I can attest yeah. to that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, now for the aftermath. The rebuilding of Galveston actually started, like, right away. It was pretty amazing. People who survived the storm, so, of course, lived in makeshift shanties made of driftwood and debris, tents given by the army. Um, But relief moved in pretty quickly. Mail started being delivered back in Galveston September
1: 12th. Just (laughs) three
0: days. days. Four days. Well, Um, it was 8th to 9th, yeah. Um, and basic water service resumed on September 13th, which is, like, more than it is today, it feels like. Yeah. And some telegraph services. So they were just on it. And within three weeks, cotton was being shipped out again from Galveston. So never underestimate business. <laughs> um, Galveston's reputation as the Wall Street area of the area of the region and all the hopes and dreams of becoming this big deal town basically were like shot with the storm. Mm -hmm. Investors were way too worried about future damages to industry to put money into the area and the quote golden era of the city was over. Houston and other now major cities took over as the more well-known and large cities in the region to protect Galveston from future storms, the Galveston Seawall was built. Very ingenious okay. thing. Construction started in 1902 and didn't end until 1963. Initial, the initial phase was okay. done in a couple years, but sure. they kept slowly building it out. The, the Seawall is over 10 miles long, 17 feet high, and 16 feet thick at its base. At its base. They built sturdier bridges, and more dramatically, they raised the city. Like they, they, they sure. added sand to the foundation. They, they, dredged sand. They pumped up the base of the island, and some areas are up to seventeen feet higher now than they were before. So instead of being so vulnerable because of the sea level, like they're they're a lot um, more fortified now. These improvements were tested by another hurricane in 1915, which killed. Fifty-three people, still like a significant number of people, but nowhere way near eight thousand. Like, way less than six
1: to twelve thousand. Yes.
0: the rebuilding era of Galveston lasted about twenty years and led into what became known as the quote open era of the town. So, in the early twenties, nineteen twenties, the town became a tourist attraction known mostly for its gambling, its liquor during the Prohibition era, and sex work. All of which employed oh, so like Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> all of which employed most of the people in the town. So vice was employing most of the people, leading to prosperity even during the Great Depression, as they say. Vice is recession proof. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> addiction is addiction, no matter what. So in the years following the storm, not many people talked about it. It was kind of like, okay, don't don't mention the storm. Uh, as one Galveston politician put it, quote. No Chamber of Commerce wants to talk about the worst tragedy in the history of the United States where 6,000 to 8,000 people died on this little old island, end quote. Last year, when Hurricane Harvey hit Texas, remember that? That was the other one. Yes. Okay, I
1: was going to say, I know there were three that right. hit, like, right, or all on top of each other,
0: Irma, much. Harvey, and, and uh, Marino, Maria. yeah. Uh, so it hit near Corpus Christi, which is, like, roughly 200 miles south of Galveston. Uh, Along the coast. Um, uh, There were comparisons to the 1900 hurricane because of the geographical proximity, though the 107 deaths attributable to Harvey are minuscule when compared to the thousands who died in 1900. Now, thanks to meteorological science advances and modern evacuation systems, it's certainly at least hopeful we'll never see a death toll like this storm had in the future
1: yeah I doubt it. I mean, I really do um, due strictly to technology alone, not just in knowing how to predict weather, but buildings too. yep you
0: absolutely know, so. well, and, and just it's I hate to say this, but it's bad business for that many people to die. so business is always gonna.
1: The main reason so many people died in Katrina was uh, New Orleans is below sea level and the sea the wall levee? and the seawall that mm-hmm. they had failed. So that's.
0: And a lot of people were unable to evacuate. Yes. So there was, yeah, there was a, a lot of. One of those
1: mitigating circumstances yes. being poverty. Yes. Thank you for your tweet, Emma.
0: <laughs> yes, I saw that. Um,
1: so, yeah. Uh,
0: that unless, was. Unless it
1: was a freaking tornado that just came out of nowhere. But it'd have to be a mega tornado to have that sort of dynamic. I can't. What, how did they categorize, categorize tornadoes? Um, oh, I don't know. It's like one. Th- I thought it was also like a one through five. I
0: actually scale. don't know. I've never I looked remember. into that.
1: Um, but unless it was something like that that just all of a sudden came out of nowhere, you're not gonna see a death We've toll like that. We got way more warning. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that was the Great Galveston Hurricane, the worst Excellent natural suggestion, disaster. Alex, yes, the worst Alex, natural right? disaster. Yep, in United States history. Wow, it was a bad one.
1: Jeez. And, again, everybody has a smartphone today, obviously. Just Google photos of it. Like, I'm going to after I... After we get done.
0: Yes. After we plug our internet back in, too. Yes. <laughs> but, you know,
1: That's a crazy... St- oh, man. Makes you feel better
0: about uh, Florence, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean... Put things into perspective. Last year made me feel better about Florence. I was just like, like, this just... 'Cause we were on our honeymoon last year when a lot of those hit.
0: Oh yeah. So yeah, that's true.
1: Um
0: Well I had to outrun fucking Irma.
1: Yes you did. I was in
0: Miami and I had to drive. You had to back. leave <laughs>
1: three or four days early. Earlier than expected.
0: Yes. Yeah, a couple days. Yeah. I'm fucking I my whole fucking life. <laughs> this is what happens when you grow up on in the southeast on near on or near the coast. Just just these fuckers. The fucking hurricanes just chase you. It just like I was. I was estimating that Florence was like my eighth or ninth hurricane. I think
1: and this is. It's really only, and I I don't even count it because we we've been through worse thunderstorms. Yeah, like we have in
0: our neighborhood here. So. Here
1: in Raleigh, um, Matthew was two years ago. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the worst one I've been through. And it was, and the only reason it was bad is because we lost power for three days. Yeah. <laughs> Which is um, nothing. No. I mean, there are still people without power.
0: Oh, yeah, we have listeners who yes, are still. Sure. Kelly, our yeah. listener in, um, oh, I forget where she is, but she's a little south of here and, like, south of Fayetteville, I think.
1: Okay. And, yeah, yeah she's still dealing it, with no. Fayetteville always gets it bad. <sighs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that kind of sucks, but, well, I mean, it sucks for everybody, but. But, yeah, it's just, oh, God, every fucking hurricane season, like, you're just waiting for it.
1: That's, like, the one benefit of growing up in the Northeast. Yeah, it gets fucking cold. Uh, you hate life for about six months out of the year. But the worst thing that's ever going to happen is a blizzard.
0: Well, that's a which, problem. Which Which a fucking trade which, which
1: Blizzards do kill people, but not thousands of people. It'll kill, like, ten.
0: Yeah. But, you know, the...
1: And, guess, and and it's all old people that lost their power and have no heat. That's that's that's, that's yeah. the only people really that die in, in a blizzard. So I never had to like a natural disaster just didn't exist yeah. where I grew up.
0: Well, I mean there are oh, clearly the beer is kicking in at this point.
1: There are um <laughs> you might want to edit that out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the giant yawn. Um But there, you know, there's not, there are some natural disasters everywhere. Like, there is no perfect place. Yeah,
1: you're not completely safe. But like I said, like in the Northeast, really, like, like where I grew up, the the worst thing that's ever going to happen is a blizzard as far as a natural disaster. I mean, but you you go through them.
0: But there's no, but there's no place where nothing's going to happen.
1: No, not at all. No.
0: So, but just, yeah, hurricanes are fucking
1: exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) Coming from, uh, the, coming from the South Florida native.
0: Yes. Been through too many. It's it's just such a fucking drag.
1: <sighs> and there's no great way to segue out of that. So.
0: No. <laughs> so best wishes and everything for everybody in um, the southern part of North Carolina, eastern part of North Carolina, and South Carolina. I'm um, somebody in the Triangle Murderino group. Uh, suggested donating plasma that they're sure. short of plasma, so it's I'm never looking into doing thing. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, with that, that was well. It doesn't have a name, does it?
0: Not not specific. It's known yeah. by several things: the yeah. 1900 Galveston Hurricane, the Great Storm of Galveston. The, I like. I the- called it the Great Hurt. The what did I call it? <laughs> the Great Galveston Hurricane. The Great the,
1: the Galveston. Great Galveston. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the Great Galveston. <laughs> the Great Galveston Hurricane
1: of 1900. Yeah. And we'll this, put that
0: in parentheses.
1: <laughs> and this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.